Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. We are in the second part of the series about prayer. And we're in the middle of 21 days of prayer that it's been so powerful and wonderful. And we continue to hear testimonies of God meeting people through the the power and the reality of prayer. Because the truth is this, God hears our prayers. The truth is this, the prayers of the righteous, the prayers of, of righteous men and women who pray passionately in alignment with God's will, the Bible says it brings forth much power. And we are in a need right now in our world, in I know your life, and in our church, in our community, we need the power of God to move in our midst. And so that's why we're in the middle of this prayer. And so I'm I'm excited to share with you some truths of God's word today regarding prayer. And so we're continuing to, to lean in. We're continuing to ask God to use us through prayer. We're also asking God to use us through serving of other people. Our No Empty Tables initiative where you have grabbed a box. Many of you have grabbed a box and you're filling it with the shopping items and you're returning it next week. Or maybe you might have returned it this week. I want to share with you something. We only have 40 boxes left. So if you want some of that action, if you want to get in on blessing people, you make a run for the doors right now. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I'm not there, so I don't know. Maybe you did. But don't do that. Don't do that. But when you leave, grab your box. God's going to bless you for blessing others. But we are asking God to use us in this hour and this time. Our nation needs us. I know there are families in this church that need us as a church to be praying. Because we believe there is breakthrough that is available for believers. And we believe that our God is a God of breakthrough. And so I titled the series, Pray, Your Breakthrough Depends On It. And so we're going to learn today from another prayer of how we can pray in a way that moves the heart of God, that actually transforms the situation that we're in, that actually changes things and heals things and sets people free, and we get to see the breakthrough of God. And we're going to lean in a little further today looking at our hearts. We're going to be looking at God's heart. But this is what I know. I know this, that God wants to meet you today. He wants to speak to you today. And so I have asked God to use me in preparing his word for you, that you would receive everything that God has for you. You know, the truth is this. We are needing God in ways in this season that we probably have never needed him. Actually, this season has exposed needs in our lives that we didn't know was a need. I was reading some, some articles today, and I was thinking through, or also reading the article and then thinking through them after I read them. But the articles were about how many people are turning to find information, to find answers for things today that really there aren't any answers. And the truth is this. We, as Christians and believers, when things happen in our lives, could be an, an election, it could be a financial thing, could be a marriage thing. We begin looking on social media to try to find answers. We begin to look on blogs and articles 
Maybe if, if we are wondering about what's happening in the world, we begin to, to read books that were written by other men. We begin to watch news and we flip through news. And the more we watch, the more we consume, the more we, we allow in our, in our lives, the more anxious we are. And here's the truth. We are looking for answers and we're grasping for answers in areas that cannot give us answers. And so because we want a quick fix, we want to know it and we want to know it now. We look on social. We look to news. And we're searching and we look at this blog and we look at that blog. And we're searching and we're searching. And at the end of it, we still don't know. And I want you to know something. God is inviting us today to stop fixing all of our energy and our time and our efforts on human information that's biased, that's flawed, that is projecting the future. And he's wanting us to lean into him, to ask him, God, what's going on? Lord, can you speak to me today? So instead of looking at all the different information that projects the future, my church Listen, my friends, my family, listen, listen. We're going to look to the one who actually knows the future, who holds the future, who is the God of the universe, and he's going to speak to us. That's what we need. We need his voice. We need to learn from him. And so we come to this message today looking at really the dynamics of prayer. The truth is this, in prayer, that this is not just a one-way conversation we are in. When you pray, it is this activation of a relationship that you are, you are expressing yourself to a living God who knows you, who sees you, who calls you by his name. And he also is positioned to you. What you do in prayer, just the very act of prayer, is acknowledging that you are in a relationship with God. You are in a relationship with, with the creator of the universe. It's acknowledging just the act of faith by praying says, God, I know you and you know me. And so there are these two dynamics that I want to look at today. These two dynamics of prayer. Really, this is about our hearts and God's heart. Our hearts when we come to God in prayer and his heart towards us when we come to him in prayer. God wants to encourage you today. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to take a deep breath and stop searching. I know you're anxious. I know you're troubled. I know some of you are struggling financially. I know some of you are working through relational things. And you're searching and you're grasping. But I want you to know something. Jesus has the answer for you today. And that answer is found in a relationship of prayer with God. So let's open our hearts today as we receive from him. As I know you've come and you've worshiped God and you've felt his presence, 
He also wants to fill you with his presence right now. As we lean into his word, as we seek him, as we open our hearts to him, he wants to meet you today. We know this, that prayer is something that's very powerful. Prayer is something that as we, as we pray it, it brings deliverance. As we pray to God, it brings, it brings peace, it brings strength, it brings life. And God's going to do that. As we even leave here today, our prayer life is going to be different. So let's open our hearts and let's receive from the Lord himself. You know, here's the reality. When you see through Scripture all these different prayers of all these different men of God, particularly one, King David, what I love about David is he could be surrounded by turmoil, by trouble, and he begins to express himself to God. He begins to cry out to God. He begins to pray. And so as he does, it's interesting as you read through the Psalms, he starts, Lord, why do men seek to destroy me? God, why, why are the, the schemes of evil men finding success? And he keeps processing and processing and processing. And all of a sudden, his heart changes and turns. Lord, I thank you that you're the one who sees the end from the beginning. Lord, I thank you that you protect me. God, I thank you that though I, I am in deep trouble and turmoil, you are faithful and you're going to continue to be faithful. God, I thank you that you are the one that has lifted, that lifts kings up and the one who dethrones kings. And all of a sudden, his eyes shift from his trouble to his solution. We find this all throughout Scripture. We see, we see prayers of David, prayers from the great men of God and women of God, they move from anxiety all of a sudden to peace, from uncertainty to certainty. This is what prayer does for you. And this is what God wants to show you today. So today, we're going to be looking at a prayer from the Apostle Paul. Now, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. Now, Ephesus wasn't going through great turmoil at the time, but they would and Paul was preparing them for the trials ahead. He was preparing them for what was to come. He was preparing them to be men and women of God, strengthened in God. And he laid out this model. He was actually telling them, this is how and what I pray for you. And he was doing it in a way to strengthen them and to anchor them. And so he's, he was telling them, this is what I have been praying and I want us to learn from this model of prayer or model of description of prayer that when we, when we walk through trials, when we walk through troubles, when we walk through uncertain times, actually what matters is not sometimes the change of the circumstance. What matters is the reality that we are mature men and women of God that are anchored to him. And regardless of the trial or the trouble, our peace is not found in what's happening out here. Our peace is found is what's happening in here and already happened through the power of God. And this is what Paul is doing. He is strengthening them, praying over them, prayers of maturity. Now, when we come to pray, again, there are these two entities involved, us and God. And I want us to first look at our posture towards God. How is it that we are to come to God? And actually, Paul models this. And so, the truth is this. We don't need 
another moment on our phone. We don't need another moment in the news, on a blog. What you need today in your life and what I need today in my life is to know God's heart, to know actually what he thinks. And what we need to do today is to position our hearts in a way towards God that we can receive and hear what he's saying in these moments, in these times. This is what I believe. I I really do. I believe this church that God is preparing us for something extraordinary. I know you may not feel that way right now, but I'm telling you God's doing it and I sense it in my heart. And so through this series, God's preparing us to hear his voice, to be able to behave and act when he says something we can move and God can use us. So Ephesians chapter three, I want us to hear and see our hearts and God's hearts, a prayer from the Apostle Paul. Let's read the passage out of Ephesians chapter three. Paul says, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Hey, let's all say amen together. Come on, let's say it. Amen. This is the truth of God's word. And from this example, I want us to learn first our posture or your posture towards God in prayer. What is your posture? Well, Paul says this in verse 14. This is what he says. He says, I kneel before the Father. He opens this passage with, I kneel before the Father. Before he prays anything, he says, I kneel before the Father. Now, this is saying something about our posture. And the fact is this, when when someone is kneeling in the Bible, it's a sign of deep submission, humility, deep emotion before God. It's a surrender. And this is really the only way to pray as we come before God is when we come and we kneel. And that's what Paul is talking. He's saying, listen, when I pray for you, I come before the Father and I kneel. Now remember the apostle Paul, when he wrote this book, he was in prison. He was in prison. He was chained to prison guards. And you know why he was in prison? He was in prison because of Jesus. And here he is praying to Jesus, and he kneels in prison as if prison wasn't humbling enough. He kneels before the Father. This is, not, this is actually not about a method of prayer, a ritual that makes sure you do this, 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 and step one leads to, no, no, this is about an attitude of prayer, an attitude of humility. 
This is about what Paul's expressing. This is for us to understand that in these 21 days of prayer that God is using in our lives, that he is teaching us to pray. God is showing us how to pray. And when we pray, this is an attitude of our hearts. And the truth is this. I know, I know some of you are thinking, you know what? You know what, Jason, you're right. I've been spending a lot of time talking about the election. I've been spending a lot of time talking about socialism, talking about my problem, talking about my marriage, finances. I've been reading books. You're right. I've been reading articles and all this stuff. You're right. I haven't come to God. So how do I find the solution from God? How do I, how do I get the answer to all the things I'm, I'm dealing with? This is it. You come to God in prayer, number one, with a heart of humility. This is our posture in prayer. Humility. That's what Paul did. The apostle Paul, the one who has seen miracles, the one who has been through shipwrecks and the one who has shaken poison vipers off in fires and they've died after it latched onto him. This is the apostle Paul who was with Jesus in this miraculous way and received revelation by Jesus that no one else ever has. And he still comes in Humility. James chapter 4 says this, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Humility is your first posture in coming to your God in relationship. It's your first posture in prayer. And the truth is this, as we find the greatest sense of hope and victory in the midst of realizing we don't have the answers. When we come humbly, we're saying, God, I don't have the answers. I don't have the solution. And our toiling in vain and and looking and wringing our hands and and changing. There are people who are changing how they're doing things and in their interaction with church and life and because they don't know what's going on. And in this toiling, God says, I want you to come to me and humble yourself. And when we humble ourselves before God, as we've been looking for answers all over, we find actually we've just found our answer. It's in our humility before God. In our wrestling with our life, with our worries, with our concerns, when we humble ourselves and simply say this, God, I trust you. I don't know what's going on. I don't don't know what's happening in my marriage. I don't know what's happening in my relationship. I don't know what's happening at my job. I don't know what's happening with the election. I don't know what's happening with all the different stuff that everybody's at. God, I don't know what's happening. And we say, Lord, I trust you. Then at that moment, we begin to see breakthrough in our lives. We really do. Paul's saying, God, listen, I kneel before you because you know what, God? You're the boss. You're in charge. You actually know what's going on. You actually know what I need. And I humble myself before you. 
And my journey with God as I've followed him over the years and, and I, as I've been through different trials and, and things, this was always my prayer. Lord, I don't want to get out in front of you and I don't want to get a step behind you. I want to be in step with you. And so many times when we don't know what to do, we just start doing stuff. We, and, and when you just do stuff because you're trying to get, get an answer, you're trying to figure it out, what happens is you miss the supernatural voice and leading of the Lord. And by kneeling, you humble yourself. You say, I come and I submit to you, to you, God, who is good, to you, God, who is just, to you, God, who is righteous. Lord, forgive me that I've been trying to just to figure this out on my own and I've been angry at people and mad at people and I've sent emails and I've done whatever it may be. Lord, forgive me. I trust you. God, it's you who is sovereign. God, it's you who's the alpha and the omega. It's you who sees me. It's you who sees what I'm going through. It's you who sees what I'm feeling. It's you who loves me. It's you who cares for me. It's you who, who I anchor my life to in the promises of God. And every promise in the book, in the Bible is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. It's you who sustains me. Therefore, I kneel, I submit, and I humble myself before you. You know, you can really hear this in the heart of King David. As throughout scripture, he's, he's, he's called the, the man after God's heart. And this is what David says when he comes to the Lord. He says this, come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are his people and of his pasture, the flock under his care. You can just read the sense of submission, of trust. He's not toiling. He's not struggling. He's not trying to figure it out on his own. He's saying, Lord, I trust you. I am part of your flock. I am part of the people of your pasture. This is resting in him. We don't come to God like he doesn't know what's going on. We don't come to God. God, do you know what's happening in my life? Do you know what's going on? That's not a, that's not a humble spirit. We come to God because he's already everything we need. He's everything we need in his word. It's everything that we need through his spirit. And we are humbled by how he has transformed us, how he has changed us, how he's brought us into his family, how he's given us life. He's given us a calling. He's given us a purpose. We're humbled by regardless of what happens around us. Our God is the God that sustains us. He will never turn his back on us. He will not forget us. His plans for us are always to get us where he wants to get us and needs to get us when he needs to get us there because he's faithful and he is a good shepherd. That is our God. Coming with a heart of humility helps you. Now hear me today. Helps you stop. The looping narrative in your mind over and over and over and over again. For some reason, we think if I, if I just keep running this, this play reel in my head, somehow I'll find a solution. Listen, the only way to get off the, the spinning merry-go-round is the jump. And when you come to God, it stops it. And you humble yourself. 
And now all of a sudden you can hear the voice of the one who actually knows the solution. The second posture of prayer for us to have, this understanding of kneeling, and we read it a little bit with David, was number two. When we come in prayer to God, our posture is to be a heart of worship, a heart of worship. David says this in 1 Chronicles. He says this. He says, to the whole assembly, praise the Lord your God, so they all praise the Lord. The God of their fathers, they bowed down prostrating themselves before the Lord and the King. Again, this is an act of not only submission, an act of not only humility, this is an act of worship. And when we come before God, the posture of our hearts is to be one of worship. That's one of the main reasons that we come and we worship when we sing songs. Why? Because it's biblical, it's godly. And when we do that, we are coming before God as as a participant in a relationship. Lord, I worship you. This is what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about his adoration. He's talking about his praise. He's talking about his humility before the Father. When we realize that when we are approaching God in worship, we are saying, Lord, you're the only one that can move on my behalf, and I worship you. We're approaching God of the universe, the one who says he will inhabit the worship of his people. When we worship him, we're praying, we're declaring things, we're, we're, we're just reminding ourselves of who he is. And we're humbled, and out of that heart of worship, this is to be our posture when we pray. Listen, when we come to God, it is, it is an act of worship. It's an act of, of thanksgiving. If you're going through a difficult time today, and I know, I know a lot of us are, let me encourage you, begin to worship God. Begin to worship Him. Don't, don't, don't allow yourself to be imprisoned by, it could be worry, it could be even, it could be self-pity could be disappointment, could be focusing on the struggle. Maybe it's a loss, and it's just this thing you keep going over and over again. As you come to prayer, regardless of what you're facing, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what your, your need is, you can come and you can begin to worship, and then God begins to meet you there, and your heart begins to heal, and you receive so much. So why is it that if you, have made, if you have a loss, if you have anxiety, if you are disappointed, why is it that you can come before God and worship him? I'll tell you why. Because regardless of every circumstance in your life, if they were all wrong, you would still have something to worship God about. Because he has saved you. He has redeemed you. You have received so much more in a positive way from God than anything that you have lost. And he's worthy to be worshipped. The third posture of prayer is this. Number three, we come with a heart full of confidence. Now, church, this is about us believing that God is the God he says he is. This is about us not hearing and replaying the doomsday reel in our head about, regard, about anything we're going through. This is about us knowing our God is a God that's faithful. 
And God, I have confidence in you. I, am com- I have confidence that your hand is on my life. I have confidence that you're with me. There's confidence in this prayer of Paul. So when we come to God in confidence, this isn't about telling him, listen, Paul, you o- listen, God, you owe me something. No, no, th- that's not what this is about. This, uh, this isn't about just, you, God, you better bless me. No, this is, that's not confidence. That's arrogance. We come with a sense of humble confidence in God. And Paul says this in verse 12. He says this, in him and through faith, that's that confidence, in him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. When you pray to your heavenly father, when you ask him, you need to know this. He is longing to hear your voice. You're not bothering him. You can come to him in confidence that he wants to hear you. You're not inconveniencing him. He's not frustrated that, my gosh, it's been so long since I've seen you here. I forgot what your face looked like. No, that's not God. You can come in confidence. He hears you. He's engaged with you. He's waiting to hear your words. He sees you. He sees the situation you're going through, and he wants to move on your behalf. So that's your heart postures towards God when we come and pray. Now I want to look at God's posture towards you in prayer. And Paul says this in verse 16. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches. So yes, just like we have a posture towards God. when we, we're, God, I'm coming to you out of humility. God, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to you, Lord, out of worship in the spirit of God. I'm coming to you in confidence. You need to know something. God also returns to us. He has a posture towards us when you talk to him, when you pray, when you seek him. And so this is number one, God's posture is this. God is eager to give to you from who he is. He's eager to give to you from who he is, from his riches, from who he is. Everything you need in your life Please hear me today. You may not believe what I'm about to say, but once I say it, you're going to know it's true. Everything you need in this life can be found in Jesus Christ. Direction. If you're looking for direction, I'm gonna, uh, please hear me. Jesus has it. If you're looking for peace for your weary soul, Jesus has it. The answer to the turmoil in this world You can try to pin it on something, but I'll tell you who has the solution. Jesus has the solution. Your broken heart, maybe you've been betrayed, maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you're just, you're holding in your hands a very hurt heart. How's that going to be healed? I'll tell you how it's going to be healed. Jesus is the one who can heal it. If you're looking for wisdom, Jesus has it. Provision, Jesus has it. Whatever you need can be found in Jesus because out of his glorious riches, he meets our needs. Don't run to your knowledge, which, which all of us are tempted to do as humans. Don't run to your knowledge. Don't run to, this is what I think really will fix the issue. Don't do that. Don't run to your ideas. Run to Jesus. 
run to him. Start there in prayer. If you received Christ, you need to know this, that God has shaped you and he's formed you. He didn't create us to be like a top that when we're born, he just spins us on this world and we just spin around and, and bump into this and this and this and go into this ditch and go up to that mountaintop and back down to this mud puddle. Listen, no. God created us, shaped us, has a pur purpose and a plan. God created you to know him and by knowing him, you, are, you can be led by him. You can be healed by him. You can be satisfied by him. You can be strengthened by him. You need to know that today. He sees you. When you pray, God's eager to meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Number two, the posture of God's heart towards you is this. God is ready to strengthen you by his power. He's ready. He's waiting. Paul says this in verse 16. He prays that God would strengthen them. He's saying to them that God would strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. God is eager to strengthen you. This is really the key to all of our lives here. It's the key to your life. We need to be strengthened on the other side, on the inside. We need to be strengthened actually to get to the other side on the inside. This is how we overcome sin. This is how we have the courage to proclaim and live our lives for Jesus Christ, regardless of the pressure around. This is how we stand up for righteousness, not by our own strength, by his strength, strengthening us on the inside. One of the reasons why I think the church, the, the overall global church has made compromises, particularly in America and Europe, Compromises on the word of God, compromises about marriage or sexuality, compromises about sin and what is and what isn't. Do you know why? I, because they lost their connection to the one who gives them the inner strength to stand for purity and holiness and to be the church that is white and spotless. They stopped being strengthened on the inside. God is wanting in our lives to strengthen you to heal you. Listen, you, need, you do not possess the, the ability to strengthen yourself. That's what maybe some of us need to hear today. You don't possess the ability to fix it. You don't possess the, the ability to have your own strength and power. You don't possess it. Only God does. And God strengthens you through his word. Strengthens you, strengthens you through his prayer, through being a part of his church. As you pray, he strengthens you. God's waiting to strengthen you by his power. Do you need strength this morning? God is eager to strengthen you on the inside. So many times, and I don't totally get it, but so many times when people go through troubles or trials or when a pandemic or an election that you feel uncertain and you're like, well, who's true? what's truth and what's not? And what happens is instead of leaning into what gives them strength, they back away. What's so interesting during troubles and trials, people avoid the places they are most likely to be strengthened by. 
They avoid the, the things and places that God moves through to strengthen his people. In moments of uncertainty, of fear, marital problems, financial difficulties, emotional pain, anxiety, depression, people begin to step away from what God uses to give his strength through. It puzzles me why people step away from church during this time. They, they step away from being a part of a life-giving community of the church. They step away from serving, step away from giving. They stop being in relationship with other believers who could rally around them and pray for them because that is the model God set up to strengthen you on the inside. And God wants to do that for you. Do you need strength to him today? Do you need strength from him today? Run to him. Call someone in the church do you know someone that needs strength? You call them. You reach out to them. Let God use you. God is, God is waiting to give you strength wherever you are today. The truth is this. Our outer being is decaying. I know that's super encouraging to you today. But listen, our outer being is it's decaying. It has, it has a one-way direction, and that is downwards, our outer being. It's not going to last forever. It's flawed. It's corrupt. And the outer struggle can begin to rob us during joy. The, rot, the outer struggle of life, circumstances, can rob you of joy and strength. But for a Christian, there's something that's available to you that is greater on the inside than anything that you can see on the outside. Paul says it, says it this way, 2 Corinthians, he says this, We do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Every day we're getting stronger. As the things of this world are passing away on the inside, I'm getting stronger. The Bible talks about Jesus ruling in our hearts. Talks about Jesus just leading us in our lives on the inside. It says that Christ dwells inside of us. The word speaks of Christ, not just taking up space in us, but actually settling down inside of us as the holy of holies, as the place that he dwells, as the permanent residency is inside of me, it's inside of you. When we pray, we're not asking for an external source of strength. We're asking for an internal residence and strength of the Lord Jesus Christ for our hearts to be strengthened, for our hearts to be, to be filled full of joy and peace and life again. And we give him more access to these areas of our hearts. And as we do that, we will find strength. That's God's posture towards you. He wants to strengthen you. The third posture that God, is, that God has towards us is this. Number three, God is longing to reassure you of his love. The truth is this, church, is that many believers, might even be you today, feel that God doesn't love you. That you know what? God, God doesn't care. I'm just, I'm too filthy. I've gone too far. I've compromised. I've, I blew that relationship and I, and I know I shouldn't have it. And all of a sudden, we even keep ourselves from calling out to him because we realize or we think he doesn't love us. God wants you to realize today that he is longing to reassure you that he loves you. 
Paul is praying for these precious people, and he says this, I want you to be rooted and established in love. This is the basis of your strength. This is the basis of God's provision for you, is you being rooted and established in God's love. It is forever. It's not going away. God loves you. God sees you. He adores you. Paul is saying, God wants you to understand how much he loves you. God's longing to reassure you of that today. Sometimes when we go through difficult times, what's the first thing we do? God, are you punishing me? God, I thought you loved me. God wants you to know today. He's waiting to reassure you of his love. He's not waiting to love you again. No. His love is everlasting. He's waiting to reassure you, reassure you, son, daughter, I love you. I love you. I will reassure you that for the rest of your life on this earth, I love you. And then I will prove it to you on this earth and for eternity. I love you. You need to receive that today. If you're, if you're sensing, you know what, God, I, I don't think you love me. I, I don't know if you, if you see me. I don't know. Listen, God loves you. Paul goes on to even kind of double down on this idea. He says this, I want you to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. He loves you. In this difficult time that maybe you're going through, you need to know something. You're not alone. He loves you. Paul's not praying that, you know, I pray that you could articulate better with words. Your love more for God. That's not what he prays. He's not saying, I'm praying that you would mentally understand that God loves you. He's praying this. He's asking that they would have the power to grasp the dimensions of the love of Christ. So my encouragement to you today would be to begin to pray. God, give me the understanding. Lord, I receive your reassurance today. Lord, I thank you that you love me. Just receive that to you today. Listen, some of you feel tossed about by circumstances, by emotions, never feel rooted or secure. Listen to me today. God wants you to be rooted in his love. Not rooted in your love for him, rooted in his love for you. To never doubt, to rest in him. He is longing to reassure you today. Know that when you come to prayer, when you come to God in prayer, he is longing to reassure you, that's my girl, that's my boy, I love you, and I adore you. God's posture towards us is this, he's longing to reassure his love. And the last one is this, God's posture towards us in prayer is this, God is ready and able to move on your behalf. What I love about this, it's not only that he's ready, because to be ready and not able is, well, great. Or to be able and not ready, it's still not going to work. Your God, your Savior who loves you, who adores you, who calls you by name, 
who is ready to meet you right now today. He is ready and he is able. He has the desire and the power and ability to move on your behalf as you call out to him. I want you to hear, this is what the Bible says is this. To him who is able, this is to God, your God is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. This is God's posture towards you. This is what I know, that you, as you seek God, as you pray, God can do more in one response to your prayers than we can do in a lifetime of planning, of strategizing, of trying to make everything work and do this way. There's nothing wrong with planning or strategizing. But you need to know this, it's not your planning and strategizing that gets the job done in your life. It is, it is God. It's the power of God as you pray. He can move within one moment. He can move on your behalf. We need to seek God in a way that increases our faith. We need to seek God in a way that moves us from being a victim to being victorious because God is on our side. God is leaning into us. God has postured his love towards us, his power towards us, his strength towards us. You can overcome. And as you pray and as you seek God, he is ready and he is able to move as you call on his name. Amen? That's the truth. When's the last time? You moved your prayers from being a victim to, Lord, I thank you that you hear me today. I thank you that you love me today. I thank you that as I pray, God, you are more than able to restore what the enemy has stolen from my life. You are more than able, God, to right anything that's been wronged in my life that was a strategy of the enemy. You are able, God, in this nation to turn it to you because you are ready and you are able. You can call on the name of the Lord. God, I thank you today that I'm asking you to provide for me. Even when it looks like I can't, in the name of Jesus, you are ready and able. That in him, you are able to do, God, you are able to do immeasurably more than anything I can imagine. Lord, I think you could do this. And God's like, oh yeah, but I can do this. That's what he wants you to understand. What do you need from God today in prayer? Let me encourage you, write it down. That's why we've been asking you, continue to write down your prayers on these cards, on the app. Continue to do that. And we are going to continue to lean into God. Write them down. God, I'm asking you, listen, I want to see some ridiculous prayers when we come and pray together on Wednesday. I want to see some like, wow, that's crazy. Why? Because you believe that your God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or think according to his power. Not your power, his power. He can move in your life. And we're going to believe with you. Write it down. Think of something crazy. Write it down. Have some fun with God. Let him invite you from being a victim, from being mediocre into God. I'm believing you to do crazy miracles in my life. Restore my marriage. Restore my body. Heal my mind. Give provision to me. Lord, heal my heart that's been beaten and battered by betrayal. God, you're able to do more than I could ask or imagine. Lord, use me in a tremendous way in these last days. God, 
Move through my life. God, pour out on me the gift of prophecy that I could speak and declare who you are to people. I could reveal the mysteries of people's hearts, showing them that you see them and you love them. God, move in my life. Pray in a way that scares you a little bit. God wants to do something, and he's able, and he's inviting us. Listen, there are examples in the Bible. God has worked in the life of of Abraham, Moses, Gideon, David, Elijah, Isaiah, Noah, Nehemiah, the disciples, the church, to do extraordinary things through ordinary people who believed that God was not looking for extraordinary people. He was looking for willing people who could pray ridiculous prayers for the glory of God. But remember, Whatever you're asking, whatever you're believing for, as you have humbled yourself before the Lord, as you've come in the spirit of worship, as you have confidence in faith, as you've, as you've put your trust that God is eager, eagerly wants to meet you there, that he wants to reveal his love to you, that he wants to speak to you and move on your behalf, that he wants to strengthen you from within, that he's able to do anything. Remember this. The requests that we make, they need to be rooted in what verse 21 tells us. Here's, here's the verse. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. What we pray for is not for our own glory, but for his. Church, if we were to actually do this as a church and believe God to use us. Believe God, he wants to move through us. And we would do it all for his glory, not for your name, not for my name, not for our church's name, but for his name. Look out, we would begin to see some amazing, amazing miracles. So as we come, Humbly before the Lord in prayer. I want you to remember this today. He's eager to meet your needs with his riches. He's ready to strengthen you by his power. He is longing to reassure you of his love. And he's ready to move on your behalf. Church. Let's lean in. Let's pray. Let's seek God. And he will transform you. Let me pray for you today. If you can, just, just right where you are, just bow your heads. Lord, today, I pray for my church family. Lord, I know many of them are dealing with a lot of things emotionally, some physically, some relationally, some financially. But Lord, today, I believe that you have sparked something in them. You've sparked in them, God, this invitation from you to pray. Lord, they have realized that they need to come humbly. God, we realize that we come as a spirit of worship. God, we realize we come with faith. So, Lord, we don't come telling you how to fix our world we don't come telling you how to fix our problems or fix our finances or fix our marriage or fix. God, we come to you humbly acknowledging that you're the one. You're the one that knows all things.
And so we trust you. God, we come before you in worship, acknowledging that it's, it is you who measures the, the stars and measures the universe with the span of your hand. It is you, God, who knows all things. And we come to you, God, trusting you in worship and acknowledging that you are worth worship. We come to you today in confidence that you can move on our behalf. And so, Lord, as a church, as individuals, we surrender ourselves to you. We give you our lives. We give you our hearts. May you move on our behalf. Lord, today I pray that you would meet everyone's needs today according to your riches and glory. Lord, I pray today that any weak person here today, weak, not negative, but weak and weary, acknowledging that they need you. May you strengthen them in the name of Jesus by the power of your spirit right now from the inside. May they draw strength, Lord, from the church. May they draw strength, Lord, from people in their lives. May they draw strength from your word. May they continue to believe you for the promises of you as they continue to give faithfully, continue to support missions, God. May they continue to lean in. Lord, I pray today that you would Give assurance to those who are doubting your love, who feel because of the pain in their life that somehow that reflects your love to them. Lord, in the name of Jesus, may you bring clarity to their minds. Lord, today I pray that you would fill us with fresh faith to believe that you're going to move on our behalf. God, you're going to tear down walls that only you can tear down. God, you're going to set us before kings. You're going to set us before leaders. You're going to use us, God, in miraculous ways. God, you're going to come through in financial miracles in Jesus' name. God, we are going to see you move in our lives and you're going to give us, God, the sale of things that we've been waiting for them to sell. God, you're going to remove things from our lives that we thought could never be removed. God, you're going to open doors that only you can open. God, you are going to pour out your blessing on us as we've, as we've heard in the scripture today at offering. You're going to pour out on us because you're blessing in such a way only you will get the glory for it. So we receive it today. In Jesus' name, we all say amen and amen. Listen, I want you to know something. I love you today. I'm grateful for you today. I miss you. I wish I could have been there with you, but God is moving. Let's receive our hearts. Let's, re let's receive from him in our hearts what he wants to do in this moment and this hour. I love you. God bless you. Have an amazing day.